Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magnetic Goddess podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt. Y'all, I have the most amazing guest with me today. I have been so excited about this episode. Literally, this episode is like one that I have been like, you know, if you believe in Christmas morning, like this is Christmas morning for me. Um, and Yael is here. She is a Deborah Silverman certified astrologer. If you don't know who Deborah Silverman is, she is the astrologer to the stars. If the stars want to know something about their stars, they go to Deborah. And Deborah is the person who certified Yael. So if that doesn't make her like exponentially cooler, then I don't know what does. But she is a Deborah Silverman certified astrologer, and she actually has a book that she wrote, and she's going to tell us all about it. And I'm like over here dying for you guys to meet her. You're listening to The Magnetic Goddess, a podcast for women who are ready to step into their power and live their best lives. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt, and I'm here to guide and inspire you to take the journey back to your higher self. We'll talk about everything from personal development to career growth to relationships. We'll share tips, tools, and strategies that will help you become the most confident, successful, and magnetic version of yourself. We'll also talk to inspiring women who have already achieved their dreams and are living their best lives. We'll learn from their stories and discover what it takes to create a life that is truly fulfilling. I believe that every woman has the potential to be a magnetic goddess. She has the power to attract anything she wants in life, and she can create her birthright of abundance. I'm here to help you tap into that inner goddess and live your best life. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. Let's start living our best lives together as magnetic goddesses. Welcome, Yael. Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so, so happy to be here. This is such an honor. I love what you're doing. I love everything you talk about. I love your spirit and what you bring to the world. And I'm so happy to be part of it. Well, I certainly am so grateful that you're here. And I can't wait for people to get to know you better and and what you do. Um, So just to kind of get us started here, what makes someone say, you know what? I want to go be an astrologer. Like, what? where did that come from for you? Yeah, it started when I was a kid, actually. So, like, my dad used to read books about every subject in the world. And I'm a little ancient. I, I just celebrated 50. So, you know, like, not... Well, you look darn really good funny. for it. <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, like, it was back when there was no internet and no, you know, like, nothing. And we had books and and we had a library full of books with all on all topics in the world. And there was one astrology book. And I was immediately hooked to that. And I knew all about the signs and I knew everything about my Gemini. I have a son in Gemini, so I knew everything about Gemini and everything. And, and, and as I grew up, I, I, I started noticing that, you know, like there were periods of time that I was attracted to cancer people. And there were periods of time where I attracted to Virgos. And, and every time, like every phase in my life called me to different types of people. It was friends. It was people I dated. Uh, so, so it was very interesting. I was like, there's something here, like for sure. And, and then, you know, like I had a lot of hardship in my life. My mom died when I was uh, 18 years old and and I was disconnected from my family. So I was on, like on my own and I had to make money. And I also like as, as I grew up, I perceived my mom as being very weak in the family because she was not the provider. So I was like, I'm going to make money in this life. I'm going to be independent. I'm not going to, you know, like following my heart and doing what I desired was not a part of, you know, like it just wasn't my plan. So I worked, I was an an accountant. I had a 12 years successful career in tech companies like you did in marketing, right? Mm -hmm. You had a marketing career. Yeah, network marketing. Yep. Yeah. So I worked corporate, you know. And, you know, it, it was, it was good. It was stimulating. It was interesting. I was very successful. I got like really crazy high salaries, but then I was like, something is missing. It's not, it's not what I came here to do. And it started like, you know, knocking on my door that there was something else. 
And it was so interesting because you described the process of like, you know, you, you went, you did something and then it wasn't exactly what you wanted to. And then, and then, so you fine tune, but you have to like, this is where, where you are connected with yourself and with, you know, the, the divine forces, if you want to call them or, you know, like spirit or source or whatever you call it, you know, if you're connected to yourself and to your calling, it takes time. People expect, you know, like, oh, I'm going to transit to transit and I'm going to have a new position and then like everything will work, you know, perfectly. And then it doesn't. And then they they fall back and they go back because they so it takes courage. And, and it, it happened to me, too, because I became a yoga teacher and, and I taught yoga and I loved doing it for many years. But I felt it wasn't it wasn't exactly what I came here to do. This it wasn't was scratching that itch. Mm hmm. Exactly. It was getting closer, but it wasn't that. And I always wanted to study astrology, but I was like, it's like, it's, it's too woo, -woo you know, it's like, you know, like and all the astrologers uh, I'd met before Deborah were like a little weird and, and, you know, like, and I was like, <laughs> I don't see myself there, you know? And then I got to meet Deborah in person in 2013 I was 40 and I was like, you know, I was, uh, I felt, you know, I needed some guidance. I, I was not married yet. I still didn't have kids. I really wanted a family. I felt like, you know, I, some aspects in my life were still not in the right place. So a friend of mine connected me with Deborah, and I went to see her at her house and, and I was like, oh, this is an astrologer that I could be, you know, this is, she's like, she's a normal she's a person. person. She's not the caricature of astrology. Exactly. She was wearing like, you know, yoga clothes and she was, she was like, you know, like you and me. And yeah. it was like, okay, that's interesting. And then, and then, you know, during the session, she told me things that were like, she brought me back to myself like I got really lost, you know, and, and she brought me back to myself. And when she brought me back to myself, doom, doom, everything started to unfold. I met my husband. I had a kid. I became a writer. I became an astrologer. I was certified. Like I moved to the States, you know, like I, everything that I wanted started coming true. And then I was like, okay, I can start trusting the universe. I see that when I'm aligned with myself, things start corresponding to me in a different way. And that's how I became an astrologer. It was just like, I want to do what she does. That's amazing. <laughs> and it's so interesting. I think, you know, we have a very similar trajectory because I went through a phase where I was like, I want the world to bend to my will. I want manifest this, manifest that. I'm going to create this. I'm going to create that. And then one day I was like, what if I want to bend myself to the world's will? And what if that's really what I'm meant to do? And that was the moment that it just seemed like everything started to fall into place when I stopped trying to change the things around me, but started to acclimate to my reality. That's when I just felt like all of the rough edges kind of felt like they fell away and I became one with the energy of my life instead of fighting the current. So I think you had a very similar experience. Yeah. Yeah. And as I see it, you know, like in yoga, they talk about the Sushumna Nadi. It's like the central channel and it's like, it's this fine, like the cord. Okay. And when we are tuned with our cord and we, we make the sound that we came to make in this world, then it's like, you know, it's like uh, in in uh, Star Wars, they talk about the voice. When you have this voice that you can convince, like you hypnotize everyone. It's like, so it's all about like connecting to yourself, to who you truly are. And the more aligned you are with that and you love that and you accept that and you act on that, then the magic happens. So we don't need to control the outside environment. It just like we we know what we're doing and we're in aligned and then the universe responds. And then if it doesn't or it responds in a way, it's like, mm -mm, OK, so I'm, I'm, I'm changing my course and mm -hmm. then I'm trying to listen. I'm listening to the messages. Oh, that just was so activating. I'm like, wow, I can feel I can feel the inside. I can feel the breath moving into 
sacred alignment in my body as she's talking. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so I understand that you are going to give me a little taste of what an astrology reading looks like with you, a mm -hmm. Silverman certified astrologer, which like, speaking of manifestations, this goes on the list. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit like kind of about what that's going to look like. Okay. Do you want to to dive into your chart? Are yeah, you yeah. yeah. You guys ready yeah. to hear all about the inner workings of Amy Lee? <laughs> yeah. So listen, like you, you know already, like you, I heard you talk about your chart. So you already know that you have three planets in, in Scorpio. The sun is one of them. When, when we... First of all, when we look at the chart, we first look at the sun, the moon, and the rising. Okay, these are this is the core personality, and sometimes mm -hmm. there is something that really stands out and and gets into our core personality. So you're a super strong Scorpio. You have Mercury, Sun, and Venus in in Scorpio, but it's in the eleventh house, which is interesting, and I'll explain in a minute. And then you have Moon in Virgo, and Sagittarius rising. So just in your core personality, we see fire, we see earth, we see water, and we even see air because the 11th house, and you have five planets all together in the 11th house. It's like crazy. We, the all, we have only 10 planets. So having five planets in the same piece of cake is like the, the whole, think about the circle. The circle is divided into 12 pieces of cake. Amy has five half of the planets in one piece of cake. This is crazy, okay? So this is like, what does it mean, okay? So so Scorpio, like you talk about a lot, is like, it's very deep, it's very intimate, it's very sexual. It's here to experience a meaningful life experience. And and it's, it's, it's not for the mundane. It's very spiritual, okay? And it's very uh, goal-oriented, Okay, Pluto, Pluto, uh, the ruler of, of Scorpio, he, it wants something, it goes and get it. And there is nothing that can stand in your way. And then the 11th house is very different. It adds a quality of um, being in the observer. Okay, so, so unlike, so Scorpio really love being in the body, in the human body. The 11th house is the part of you that looks up from the outside. You've always been a little outsider, right? Mm -hmm. You're always a little like this is you are from the future. The 11th house means that you're from the future. You're a sort of an alien who came to this world to research, to investigate. What does it mean to be a human being? And how can we make it better? How can we change the current story to make everyone's lives better? And this is exactly what you do. Now, there is a little contrast here, okay? Because Scorpio wants to go deep and down and into the body and really feel. And the 11th house wants to observe everything from the outside i don't want to go heavy i don't want to go deep i don't want to feel emo heavy emotions do you feel this oh in yeah people always say i feel like i'm not in like everybody's always like you need to get in your body you need to get in your body you need to and i'm like i want to get in my body but i feel like i'm always throwing my energy into wherever i am like if i'm working with someone if if I get a download for them, I'm with them. I'm not here getting the download and conveying it. I like, and I do a lot of astral projecting too, which is weird because I don't know how I do it, but people are always like, I dreamt about you. I'm like, of course you did. Everyone does. I don't know how I did it, but. And and then because the combination of Scorpio and the 11th house is a combination of someone who is highly spiritual and super intuitive. This is the connection. It's a lot of intuition. Like you said, you, you discovered that you were psychic. You could read people's minds. So this is the strong Scorpio and your, your Mercury is there. Okay. So it's super tuned, super intuitive. And then you have Uranus on your rising sign in Sagittarius. So this is like I, I, I'm, you're an optimist. You believe and you have this vast 
outlook on the world. You see the big picture and you're very special about it. There is a lot of energy and you're blunt and you're honest. This is another thing that is mutual for Scorpio, 11th house, Sagittarius with Uranus. Uranus rules the 11th house, okay? So it's the combination of someone who doesn't give a damn. You know, it's like you say what you want, you know, and 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 that's it. And it can be like, you know, and you it's like you say, you like me, come. You don't like me, good. You know, it's like, this is who I am. This is what I teach. This is how I say things. And, and this is your personality. Now, you also have Mars in the first house. The first house is the house of our personality. It's how we are defined. When you have Mars, it gives you a lot of fire. It, it is part of your, your attraction to sexuality. It's the masculine side in your first house. But your midheaven, which, which uh, the midheaven is what talks about our career purpose. Okay, so the midheaven is aligned. This is something not many astrologers talk about. I've never heard of it, so I'm super excited. Yeah, so we have the childhood line. Your your childhood is in Pisces, okay, and it's it's always an opposition, okay. So there is the line between our childhood. It's like it's a vertical line. It's not always a straight line. It depends on where you were born. But if you see the chart and you see the twelve houses, you see like a a horizontal line that this is the ascendant and the DC, the relationship line you referred to. And there is another line, the vertical line. Okay. And the vertical line, your vertical line goes from Pisces. It's 28 degrees in Pisces. So very advanced Pisces to Virgo. And the advanced Pisces, you're, even if your childhood was just in Pisces, but for you, it's very advanced. You're an old soul. Okay, you came here with after lots of knowledge and, and reincarnations and, and accumulating. You've been spiritual for many reincarnations before. When I was three years old, I thought that I might be the Messiah. I was like, maybe it's me. Like, maybe I'm here to save the. And I was little. I mean, I was having conversations well beyond my time that my parents couldn't even handle. <laughs> That's so that yeah, that's perfect because you are an old soul. And then in Virgo, you're meant to so Virgo, the the high road of Virgo is the ancient tribal healer, the feminine energy, the mother of five kids guys she has five kids did you know that it's like it's this is like mama teresa you know it, this is like this is um uh, the virgin mary you know it's it's this energy of being a mother of being a the healer of being taking care of people from the feminine energy so this play with feminine and masculine there is no you know, like this is why it plays such a strong part in everything you teach. But also when you talked about separating the the dream design. So dream design is all about the 11th house. And by the way, the 11th house is the house of astrology. Do you know Deborah Silverman has a Facebook group? Do you know how it's called? No, I didn't. The 11th house. Well, I'll be joining that. <laughs> yeah. It's called the 11th house because the 11th house, the Uranus, Aquarius, the 11th house, they're all related, okay? And they all connect to astrology, to esoteric knowledge that came from the past and belongs to the future. And it's scientific, you know, even though people don't think. But, you know, I just recently saw an article that said that scientists found that the day you were born has an has an impact on your life. And I was like, really? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? We've known that for centuries. You know, like now you discover what astrology is, but thanks for playing. Yeah, exactly. But they're like, astrology is not scientific. And slowly they discovered that it is. So the 11th house. So when you separated the dream design is all about your 11th house. And then you said, like, I want to take the, the goddess queen, which is more like the Scorpio side aside. So you were you created two programs that are perfect for your personality. The, the more detached part about community. You mentioned community, right? You want to talk. I want you to be a community. This is the 11th house, the house of dreams, the house of community. 
Isn't that perfect? Wow. <laughs> that, yeah, because, you know, part of me felt like, and I hope it's okay to like comment on this and kind of add to it. Part of me felt like, I didn't just want to evolve. You know, some people sell their old groups and then move to their next thing. And I I tend to be more ADHD about things. I do get kind of like distracted and I'm like, okay, on to the next thing. But dream design didn't feel like something I didn't want to have anymore. And I recognize that people are still going to be in those by me and, and, you know, excuse me, those to me and by me consciousnesses. And I didn't want to let it go. But also I knew that I couldn't do the work that I wanted to do, the more intense, the, the, you know, the divine union stuff in that space. I could absolutely invite those folks in, but I couldn't do it in that, in that, uh, you know, venue. And so that's why I created the other one. And so, yeah, like I, I want to do both of them. And I do think I can hold that, you know, duality of the two sides of it. Um, so that's amazing that that's confirming that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and I want to speak to that because first of all, like one thing that I really like that you mentioned in, in your previous episode was that there was a phase where you talk about the four consciousness and I really love that. And you talk about like, as you went to the higher consciousness of through me and, and what was the fourth one? As me. As me. The through me and as me, you lost interest in the material world. You were disconnected from your desires. And, and this is so, now I want to bring my book in. Okay. 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 In my book, I talk about, and, and I'm still writing it. It's still not, it's still not out there, but there soon is going to be um, an online project that, that gives a taste of it. So the idea is what I'm, what I'm doing in the book, maybe I'll, I'll go back a step. Okay. So all my clients that come to me, I started noticing that we all struggle with the same issues. There are things that we all have issues with. And, and the thing that you explained that happened to you happens to many things, many people in the spiritual world. We start being spiritual. We start connecting to our soul. We lose our connection with our ego. And there are even like spiritual uh, circles that think that the ego is a bad thing and that we should eliminate it. But in astrology, the ego is ruled by the sun. Okay, so and the sun is is a wonderful thing, right? It gives us life. So so the ego can't be bad. The 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 perception of astrology and and the way I understand it as that the way we are created as human beings is good. We should not eliminate or fight our true nature. We should embrace our true nature. Our ego is, a, is an important part of us because the ego generates desires. And what motivates us to move in this world other than our desires? Right. Right? That's our what I figured out. Like at a certain point, you're just like, if I don't want anything, what am I here for? Or if I don't desire anything, then what's my purpose? Like what is, why continue the human experience if there's nothing left to, to, to summit? Exactly. So, so Neptune is the planet, the Pisces, your childhood, okay, is the planet that relates to the soul. It relates to this, this part of us that we are part of a, a collective energy, a divine energy. So this is Neptune. This is the soul. And we want the soul to lead the way. Okay, we always want the soul to lead the way, but we want the ego to exist. We want a healthy ego consciousness. We want a healthy ego to reside in us. And, and there are, you know, and there are Buddhist teachers today that start to understand that, that the Buddhist teaching was misinterpreted in the Western culture. And when they started talking about, you know, ego is bad and eliminate the ego and we don't want the ego and the ego is your enemy. No. The Buddha had a healthy ego. Buddha, his teachers, and and so so we want this healthy connection, okay, between our sun and our Neptune. So in my book, I talk about the planets, the ten planets, and under each one, I explain what part of our being it is connected to, what part of our being it rules, and then the issues that we might face 
in light of, you know, and how we bring them into balance, because it's all about balance. We want to, do we want to be connected? As you described, I went too far away with the soul. And then I had to come back and remember, I also have an ego. I also have a physical body. I'm also a mother. I need things in this material world. I want to have college funds for my kids, right? You know, like there are things that we want and it's healthy to want them. But there is also, it's also good to know that we are a part of a big consciousness and that we are a soul and that there is more than the ego in us. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is one thing. The other thing was sexuality. And you talked about, you know, sexuality. So usually in spiritual books, you wouldn't find anything about sex, like very rarely, because again, the the Eastern cultures, uh, like, you know, taught us that spirituality is detached from sexuality. Okay, you have to avoid sex in order to be a monk, a nun, you know, and practice spiritual practices. Or you you decide to be a lay practitioner, like an ordinary practitioner and have a family. But even then, yoga has the concept of brahmacharya. Okay, like you have to maintain, like, you know, the the sexual integrity, like, you know, don't need to indulge. But we were born as sexual beings we have sexual drives and what happened is that eventually at the end of the day this separation what it created that so many teachers and gurus sexually harassed their students because they did not allow themselves to embrace their sexuality and their part in themselves that that wanted to have sex right and to connect to that 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 essence energy in in a partner i think that you know i i had a past life like past life regression uh with an energy worker a couple months ago and learned that i was doing this work back in in the middle ages and the church was like yeah we don't want people to know how much power they have for transmutation and how to create their lives and i was like but that's that's what i'm here for and i i i've been having a lot of um kind of like little nudges from you know mary magdalene and like the priestesshood and things like that like like to find out more about where these downloads i'm getting where they come from cuz what happens is and i hope i'm not pulling us off the path too much but what happens is i'll get a download that will come through in amy lee language for 2023 and like oh okay this is how it is and then I'll learn that it's something that happened 6,000 years ago that was called something else that has been practiced. And it's like, I can't call it that because that's not how it came to me, but that's exactly what it is. So my, you know, internal, you know, masculine romantic relationship that I've created and aerogetics and all these things, well, that's called Heroes Gamos. And that was practiced for 6,000 years and Mary Magdalene and the, you know, and, um, um, what's her name there? Uh, I can't think of her name, the, the Egyptian goddess with the, the temple Isis, the temples of Isis, they were doing this. That's not how it was revealed to me. It was revealed in a different way, but this information has been downloaded generationally and inter interdimensionally for a multitude of years. And like, it's coming to me in this different way and so you're making so much sense when you're talking about like yes like sexuality isn't just about you know getting your rocks off or however you say it it's about connecting to the essence of polarity which is the rest of the energy you need to transmute what you're here to transmute and there are so many entities that are like why would they need us if they knew they could do that on their own and i feel like that disruptor that you know here I am, like, I'm in this life, it's finally safe to really do that work. And if that was like a giant rant, I apologize. No, 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 that was so beautiful, because this is true. You know, it's like, and and even if we, you know, we want to be grounded about it, sex is one of the healthiest things we can do. And it's scientifically proven. It reduces stress. It is good for our heart. It is good for our blood pressure. It is good for anxiety. It is like it's and it's you don't even have to pay for it, right? Sorry. And manifestation. And manifestation. It gives you self-confidence. When you have good sexual relationship, 
it it gives you self-confidence and stamina and assertiveness mm-hmm. because it connects you to Mars. Mm-hmm. Mars. Mm-hmm. So you talk to so Pluto, you talk about Scorpio being sexual. So Pluto is the higher octave of Mars. Mars is the masculine energy, the sexual energy, the primal sexual energy. Okay. Pluto is the higher octave, which means that it is more intimacy. So in the book, I talk about sexuality in, in the Mars chapter. Okay. And I talk about it because many people like put it in their last priority. Even like, you know, married people don't have enough sex. don't have enough sex you know and then like you know when people come to me and I'm like are you having like I they they, they're you know they're down they're not excited about life they feel not creating energy they're they're using the universe to siphon energy but they're not actually creating it inside of themselves and then you know are you having sex and it's like not enough and and that's the the answer I hear mostly not enough and we need to give it a priority. Sex is important to our life. And it is, it, it wakes you up when you do, when you do sex. So, so I'm bringing it back to the spiritual conversation. I'm bringing it back because it's part of when we want. So my book is called Planetary Balance for a Wholesome Life. Because I love that. Life. I don't, you know, happy is so like misunderstood. It's like love. Like who knows what, what does it mean to be happy? You know, everyone perceive it differently, but the wholesome life, it means that you're connected to all the parts of your being. Okay. I'm connected to my spiritual part, to my soul. I'm connected with my ego. I'm connected with my emotional world. I'm connected with my mind. I'm not, you know, like people are with mercury, you know, negative th- th- thinking, you know, and people, Scorpio and mercury, <laughs> but, but who doesn't? And, you know, I studied it and I found out that scientists call it the negativity bias. It's research that evolutionary, because like we are survival depended on knowing when danger comes more than noticing the nice scent of the flowers, you know? So evolutionary, we learn to give more weight to negative information than to positive information. So this is everyone. And we're all like, we think, oh, I'm Scorpio. So my mind is like dark, but no, we all have, you know, negative, negative thoughts. We all do. And this is, this is scientifically, you know, how we are wired. So what do we do about it? We can judge ourselves. And I see like people writing a lot about, you know, I'm now I'm mentoring um, in Elephant Journal. This is a magazine I write a lot for. And and I'm also a mentor in their, in their writing program this summer. And, you know, like we, they talk about Maitri and, and Maitri is loving kindness to yourself. But I see the judgment they have towards themselves while they talk about like, oh, I have these negative thoughts and I, you know, and I try. They, don't try to get away from your negative thoughts. Your negative thoughts are part of, you know, they're telling you something. Listen to them, but also balance them. Mm-hmm. No, it's what you make them mean. They're going to be there. It's what it's what weight you give them. And I do that a lot with clients too. I'm like, it's not about what you did or didn't do or how it went. It's about how you made yourself wrong about what you did or didn't do or how it went. And that just for some reason is the shift that so many people just need to make. And I think, especially when you're talking about Mars, that inner masculine, to be able to take him from that place of, you know, why the heck didn't you do this? Look at that. And he's like, baby girl, you did what you could do. And I am so proud of you. And you start transmuting that inner voice. There is nothing that you cannot create with that inner relationship. And that is, that's the work that I'm here to bring. Yeah. So that's amazing. And there is another thing I want to tell you. So when we talk about astrology, we talk about, first, we talk about your personality, like we described, you know, like your personality trait. And then we talk about what's currently happening in your life. Because we see the the positions of the planets in relation to your chart, okay? Mm-hmm. So you just entered last May, this May, 
May third, I think it was. You entered May six this year. You entered a Pisces cycle. So we have every two and a half years. It's called the progressed moon cycles. We enter a new cycle. Okay, and you just entered. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. So you're just finishing a thirty year cycle right now. And this is the time where your spiritual connection is heightened. These two and a half years are amazing time for you to create, to be in your creative force. But you also will, you might find that you want to be a little reclusive. You're not as social, right? You're very sensitive, very emotional during this time. But less social, like you don't you don't need so many people around you, and and right because you are in in your creative, yeah. But it's right now; it's not always right. Like we we go through cycles. So because you are, you have eight out of ten planets in the second, like the the upper part of your chart. So you're an extrovert, what we call you're you are out there. In the world, you're not a reclusive. You're not a hermit usually, right? I tend to be more. I would say that I, I was conditioned to be very extroverted, but I think I actually am pretty introverted. I feel like I, I enjoy recharging by myself. I do not recharge when I'm with people. I, I like to be in the energy of people with a barrier. <laughs> Like I love doing Zooms and doing, but like energetically in person, I get drained really fast. So I don't know. And maybe, maybe astrology doesn't make those, uh, no, no, those, it those accommodations for the internet. <laughs> it is, you know, your Scorpio, Scorpios are reclusive. Mm -hmm. They want friends. They have very few friends yeah. that they, they're connected with. They have very deep connections. Mm -hmm. 11th house is the house of friendships. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so being a part of a community and, and, you know, you are a part of a community, right? So so you have your community. And yes, it's it's more online than in person. It, it doesn't matter so much, although in the Mercury chapter, I also talk about friendships and how friendships are important for our health as well. Oh, and, absolutely. A hundred percent. Me to read that yeah. one. That can be amazing. Yeah. So, so, but during this time, it's like, it's heightened. Your, your hermit nature is heightened. And now in, um, so this will be until October 14th, 2025. And then you will enter the cycle of Aries and you will, this will be almost two and a half years until the end of January, 2028 where you will have time to initiate new stuff, new projects, launch new things. Like you will start a 30, a new 30 year cycle. This will be huge. So now it's the time of like hibernation for you. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little cocoon right now. I'm in inside myself. I let my soul like, you know, recharge a little bit before I, I embark on my big cycle and my big journey with all the knowledge that I will acquire during my meditation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. That's crazy. So Uranus is going to give me a break. Uranus kicked my butt for like five years straight before. So is that going to, that that's not going to bother me for a while. That's good. Do you want to tell us what, what does it mean that it kicked your butt? Oh, Uran my Uranus was a opposite of my, my 11th house for so long and it like it was the worst five years of my it was like the gauntlet it was out of this world and I don't even know if it's over I mean it feels like it's over but I know that I I, I think that it it's not there anymore I'm hoping if if you if you can yeah, tell no no yeah Uranus Uranus um it is opposite your son Let's see. It's now. Sorry, no, it doesn't opposite your son anymore. Yes, it was opposite your son, and that's what you're talking about. There was an opposition there. But listen, it's very important. I want to. I want to emphasize this. You know, because this is where people get 
freaked out about astrology because they hear these things and they're like, oh my God, I don't want to know about it. Like, I don't want to know, you know, retrograde. And it's like, do you even know what that means? Yeah. And you know, I I'm right now and I, and I even wrote about it. Um, so I entered a transition where Neptune conjunct my Mars. Okay. So in tradition for, for listeners, conjunct means conjunct okay. means that it's just it so so Neptune in the heavens right now is exactly in the same position, same degree in in Pisces that my Mars is in my natal chart. When I was born, Mars was a okay. So they're on top of each other, but like yeah. So 27, yeah, so 27 degrees when I was born, Mars was 27 degrees in Pisces, and now Neptune is exactly 27 degrees in Pisces, okay? So that means that Neptune is sitting on my Mars. Mars is our action, okay? Like, how do I act? My assertiveness, my ability to assert myself and make things happen. Um, This is the part of us that obtain our goals, okay, that reach out. And then when Neptune is there, the the traditional interpretation was horrible. It was like, don't even try to do anything in the next two years because you're not going to succeed. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. This is not true. And I'm an astrologer. So I know that when Neptune is on my Mars, what it means, it means that it makes me more spiritual in my actions. If my actions are spiritual and they are of benefit to all and they are creative and they're in alignment with what I came here to do, then they I will thrive. And that's what it means. But they don't tell you that because the traditional astrologer, there is a little doom and gloom there. Okay. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't bother getting out of bed today because today's going to stink. And that's why I never wanted to read them in the paper. Cause I'm like, why would I want to know that my day was going to be awful? Like if it's going to be great, then yeah, sure. Read it to me. But if it's not, why would I, why would I even want to pre suppose that? So I'm so happy you brought it up because when Uranus opposite your sun, it doesn't necessarily have to be kicking the butt. It can be wonderful. It means that Uranus is the planet that rules your 11th house, right? So it's it means that you are called to be a part of a community. And that if you're not, if you don't find your community, you may get kicked in the butt in, in, in a direction that will lead you to have a community or or if you don't have enough friends. Okay, mm-hmm. so it is, the planets are always for us. And that is- I love that. That, that right there is like a quotable. The planets are always for us. Guys, remember that. Remember that. That's a big one. Exactly. They, they only want to drive us to motivate us to move sometimes we need a kick in the butt to move from where we are right because when everything is good we're like okay why would I move so mm-hmm. so it's it just seeing you know and and it can be you know like Uranus can be chaotic it can be eruptive okay but it can also be like wow like like surprisingly good you know, it can be like, oh, oh my God, like how it, it, it Uranus wants to free us. Okay, that's the idea of Uranus. Uranus is here to free us from uh, constrictions, from restrictions, from structures that do not serve us anymore. Do you feel that you let go of something during this time? That there were it, some- was, it was the transition of me leaving the MLM and starting my own coaching business, which is why I joined the MLM. And oh, it's a one eleven. Just had to say that because of today and how auspicious it is. Um, yeah, I left the multi level marketing and I joined the multi level marketing because I wanted to coach. I wanted to be a visionary. I wanted to empower people to change their lives and everything that I learned and and downloaded. And the passion that I had for for the zeal of life, and I didn't really get to do that in the MLM, and eventually got to the point where we weren't aligned anymore, and so I left. 
And when I left, I didn't have anything to jump into. I didn't have a plan. Um, you know, we ended up owing all these taxes to the IRS. Somebody called CPS on us and tried to take my kids away. Like it was like every, every horror that you could imagine happening happened in this five-year period. It was like, I, and I survived all of it. I mean, I think it was five years. It was whenever Uranus was whatever Uranus was doing, but I guess it's not going to do it for another 84 years. So thank goodness and for that. You mm -hmm. also went through your Saturn cycle. So this was also a Saturn cycle for you. If you talk about five years, it was around when, when Saturn was in the was end 2018. of 2018 20, was when it 2018, all 2019. This is when you, you went through your cycle, your Saturn cycle. And Saturn is all about making sure that you're on the right path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what happened to you. You had to change. You were not in the right place. Saturn helped you to be in the right place. And when we start looking at life from this perspective, so when you read anything you read about astrology that freaks you out, just throw it away because it's not true. Yeah. And come to Deborah Silverman's school she has an immersion now that is starting next week. And, and you can you can see and get a taste of it. But we have a new approach to astrology that is so much more reasonable because what how is it constructive? And it's not even true. You see, I've like I have Neptune on my Mars. If you read the traditional explanation, I wouldn't be here. You know, I wouldn't be writing my book. I wouldn't have like, I just have published a post that got like scored like 9.5 and had more than 5,000 people reading it. You know, like they said, don't do anything because you wouldn't succeed. Here I am. I'm succeeding. I'm showing you. That but it also, it's a beautiful thing that you bring up because it takes astrology, which is something that you could argue is fixed and why bother? These are just, it's in my stars, right? Star crossed. And it takes that and it juxtaposes it with free will. It's like, here's here's what's available and you get to decide whether or not you take advantage of it. And that in and of itself is like, what a gift that we've got this foresight, but at the same time, we've also got the ability to change those outcomes and to enhance them or detract them depending on how much we, you know, how... how how much, how seriously we take our earth school assignment and whether or not we put in the effort to the projects that we're here to create. Exactly. And this is also in a reading. The chart is not predetermined. It doesn't predetermine who you're going to be. It's a potential. Mm -hmm. So we see the strong Scorpio in you and you could be very grumpy Scorpio, right? Scorpius that's Sag rising. I'm just like, woo. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> you taking your high road of Scorpio. Scorpio can be super spiritual, the highest level of spirituality. This is why Deborah loves it so much. Or it can be like really miserable, like caught up in the human experience, in the pain of it and being grumpy about it. But we have a choice to convert. And this is what I talk about in my book. How we bring, if we bring Pluto's energy into balance, we convert fears into empowerment. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we bring the sun's energy into balance, we bring, you know, we can be either egocentric, like too much in our ego, or we can be, you know, these soulful people who are like, oh, I don't need anything. Like, I'll do what you want, you know, and then like we blow up, you know, so we balance our sun energy, we learn to, what do I want matter? My desires matter. We learn to balance our moon energy, not to be overwhelmed by our emotions and not to be detached from our emotions because we're so afraid of them. You know, mm -hmm. so it's like every planet has its lesson, what we came here to learn. And then when you understand what is Uranus energy, when you read my book and you read about Uranus energy, and then you say, okay, so this planet is now opposite my sun, so it has a relationship. It forms a relationship. That's what it means when there is an influence. Okay. There is a relationship between Uranus in the sky and my sun in my natal chart. And Uranus is trying to tell me something. If I learn to balance Uranus energy, then I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is so good. So it's almost like Uranus, you know, to is is like the shaman lover. It's like if you're on the wrong path, it's gonna grab you and bump you to where you need to go, and you better buckle up because it might not necessarily be an easy road. Because one way or another, your soul said, "I hereby, you know, sign that I want to get where I need to go." whatever means necessary and then you came here and you forgot that you made that contract yeah i would say this is more saturn so saturn and what you oh, sorry saturn, saturn, yeah, saturn cycle yes yeah. saturn is the the teacher it's the school right. principal that makes sure that you are going to the right class mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's like that's an and, amazing way to put it i love that yeah, and that you're go- doing your homework and that you're in the right school you know it's like this is what saturn is trying to do uranus is here to free you free you it's okay got it to, to mm-hmm. live out of freedom rather than out of restrictions that sometimes we put on ourselves what am do. i carrying yeah and then pluto is here to take you deep into your subconscious work on your childhood wound on your traumas on your fears so that they stop managing you and you become empowered that's amazing so So speaking of pluto um i'd love to hear your take on this because i'm sure everybody's asking you this as you come on all these shows but and, and I know you know where this is going, but, you know, so we had a little taste of this Pluto and Aquarius, then it popped back into Capricorn. What is your take on what this 20 something year cycle, Pluto and Aquarius, what's that going to mean for humanity? What's that going to mean for women? What's that going to mean for reality? I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah. So Aquarius is the sign of advancement of future of of telling a new story, bringing equality, bringing justice, bringing harmony to the world at large. It's a very grand overview. Okay, so we're talking about communities. We started seeing the change, you know, when Saturn was in Aquarius, it was COVID. And this is where, when communities started forming. Okay, now we're going to see Pluto. So Pluto is the transformational planet. Saturn was responsible on structures. So we started seeing COVID made us restructure our lives differently so that we can find our community and we can be part of, and everyone became part of like an an online community because we didn't have, we were socially isolated, right? So, So it was very technology oriented. So all the structured structures changed right like we started working more from home you know like the financial institutes you know like office buildings are empty now you know like everything changed in the structure and making a new world now there is another transformation so Pluto brings a more feminine quality and it brings more a healing So I expect to see, you know, if we are on the high road of this, healing to technological environments. So, uh, for example, I just now wrote about it. I am a part of DSA. I'm also teaching teaching at the school. DSA is Deborah Silverman Astrology, the company. And we're a company of 50 women. The CEO is a woman, Deborah is a woman, you know, like all the mentors. We have one man in in all the mentors. And all the certified astrologers are women. And there is there is a quality that when you work in corporate, usually you don't get there. It's like, it's very uh, patriarchic. It's very masculine. You have, you, you, there is no room for emotions. You know, there was just recently, I'm originally from Israel. There was just recently a, a case where um, an Israeli uh, parliament member, she brought her kid with her to the, mem- to the parliament and they threw her out. They threw her out. They didn't let her talk because she came with her. In our company, one of the women, that woman, they she had a, a baby in her arms. And we were all like, this is so beautiful. We want it to be humane. Mm-hmm. So, so there is a healing that needs to happen in the areas of how we bring the future, how we make this world a better place how we create healthy communities. People are very wary today and and justifiably because, you know, like all these gurus that attacked and, and, you know, like it's really 
frightening to, to trust the teacher today because of everything that has happened till now. We need healing there. We need healing to be able to be part of communities, to trust our inner self, to trust our intuition so that we can trust the, the greater good, so that we can, we can um, contribute to the greater good. So Pluto brings transformation, healing, going deep into areas of Aquarius that are future technology, community, friendships, and dream, okay? How, what is our vision? Aquarius is all about creating vision. What is our our vision needs healing. We need to start envisioning a world that works more like the company I work for. You know, like like in in being together, loving each other, supporting each other. There will always be a little competition, of course, but what comes more? What is what is stronger? You know, my desire to support my friends or my desire to be, you know, like better than them. What 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 kind of people do we want to really be? Well, and I think so the download I got, which totally goes with everything you said, is that there's almost this what what I'm being told is called collective individualism. So we moved from societies where it was like everybody was just a wheel, you know, everybody was just a cog in the wheel. It's like do your piece and nobody needs to know who you are. You're you're just whatever. And then we moved into this individualism where it's like everybody's the star and it's all about everybody's individualism. And now I feel like we're kind of combining them where it's like we are highlighting our individual gifts for the benefit of the collective. And that's what I've been told is what Pluto and Aquarius is going to be is, yes, your gifts are beautiful and everything you have to bring to the table. And let's see how we can shine a light on that as a piece of the collective consciousness. Like we want to see everything you do and we want to give you credit for all of it. And we want to give you an opportunity to be part of the overall solution. Yeah. Yeah, because the soul, as we said, when when you lead, let, let the soul lead the way, the soul knows that it's a part of a collective. It's not, right. it doesn't stand alone. No. Right? Oh, so good. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you like literally forever. I feel, I feel so much more um, validated in my astrological awareness and and so many things that I feel like were sticking out for me just really make sense. So Yael, this has been invaluable. I mean, this is amazing. Tell me, how do folks get a hold of you? If they want to learn more about you and what you do, they want to get a reading of their own, uh, tell us all the things. Yeah, so first of all, I have um, a beautiful astrological website that they can go to. It's Yael, my name is Y-A-E-L. I know it's confusing, yaelastrology.com. And they can sign up. I have a weekly blog completely for free. And I write about how to work with the energies of every week's in the same spirit that I was talking here, you know, like with the understanding that the planets are for us and how we work through the challenges to grow out of them. So, so you can sign up for my newsletters there. I'd really love to be, to have you as part of my community. And then I'm on Instagram yael.astrology and so there I share like my you know like every week I go on a hike and I share pictures I live in Asheville North Carolina it's beautiful here and I share a lot of nature and and you know like parts of my book uh, quotes from my book so you can see what is happening the my website is going to have an online project about so there's going soon to be a survey that you can go in, ask it asks you questions, you answer the questions, and it tells you which planet you need to balance, which planet's energy you need to work with. Oh, that's cool. This is really coming up soon. So sign up for the newsletter and you'll be the first to know about it. Go to my Instagram. I also have a Facebook. Um, um uh, Yael Termel Weisbach. This is my name. It's a little hard, but you can you can get there. And I mean, I grew up a Goldstein, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and yes, but my, my Facebook, I write more in Hebrew. It's more like for my, my Hebrew crowd and my Instagram is more for English speakers. So it's better if you go to Instagram, unless you don't have Instagram and then you can go to my Facebook and yeah. And I'd love to be connected with your beautiful community and to stay in touch with you, Amy Lee, because you're such a beautiful soul and you, you do so many great things for this world. 
Well, it, it has been my sincere pleasure to be here and to be here, right? To be, <laughs> it's all a pleasure. And I'm so grateful for you and your work. And absolutely, you guys definitely get in touch with her. Obviously, she'll be hanging around, you know, the community a little bit. Feel free to ask her questions. And um, we'll have the links to all of her information in the show notes, as well as um, depending on when, you know, things come out, if you're hearing this on the podcast, uh, Deborah's challenge may already be over. But in the event that it's not, we'll be sure to add the links and maybe there'll be a replay or something like that. So thank you so much, Yael, for being here. It has been such a sincere pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for the rest of you guys, until next week, when we have another amazing guest, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Namaste. Hey, Dream Builder. Are you loving this stuff? Do you want more? More human design, law of attraction, and manifestation? Then my Designed to Dream membership is for you. You'll get the Dream Design Vault packed with pre-recorded content to help you design and manifest your dreams, a monthly group coaching call with me, and a monthly theme and meditations to support you on your journey. Membership is just $47 a month, and you can cancel anytime with no hassle. Join us and start designing your dreams now.